Welcome to episode 27 of The Complete Works Season 3, a deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me on this journey into the Yeohverse is my friend, co-host, and fellow psychopath, Mike Tricio. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing okay. Back in the back in the sick boy <laughs> mode. Um, you know, it turns out when you go in, out and like do stuff, there's other people there, and sometimes they're sick, and then that makes you sick, and... Here we are for the fourth month in a row. Yep. <laughs> it's like every three weeks I'm recording <laughs> podcast episodes like a sick little boy. Yeah. Um, the The ironic thing is that uh, if we had recorded this on our usual day, which was yesterday, uh, you would have been fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like we waited just to make sure that you were as sick as possible before we could, <laughs> before we could record. <laughs> Pretty much. I think this is a deliberate act of sabotage by producer Colin. Um, <laughs> so I'm putting you on blast. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, well, I, that is unfortunate about how sick you are, Mike. Uh, so, but I, I think this episode will be a relatively short one. Yeah, uh, you know, we'll have some thoughts for sure. We have a podcast; we can't just throw out like empty air. <laughs> I think I think being sick will weirdly put me closer in line with the the plot and events of this movie. Just being on that that like survival against nature kind of vibe, right? Which is how I'm feeling because I have a hoodie on and I'm a little bit chilly. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, So last week on the podcast, uh, we released a bonus episode because Mike forgot to watch the movie that we were supposed to watch, which is the movie (laughs) we're talking about today. I forgot Uh, about that. So our bonus episode last week was about Michelle Yeoh's Oscar win for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Today, though, we are not talking about that movie. We are talking about a movie that is more in line with the kind of performances the Oscars usually nominate, I would say. You know, at least this movie is kind of like that for a little while uh, until it gets really supremely fucked up in the end. (laughs) It gets really weird. I wonder if there's an alternate cut of this movie because it really feels like there must be. Because it, it goes from like a pretty straightforward survival drama to like, holy shit, what the fuck did I just watch <laughs> in a very short amount of time? With the last five minutes. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's wild. So in 2007, British filmmaker Asif Kapadia, who would uh, later become known for his work in documentary filmmaking with movies like Senna and Amy, began work on a new independent film set in the Arctic and based on a short story by Sarah Maitland. The film was extremely low budget, only centered on a couple of characters and it gave lead actor michelle yo probably her biggest english language showcase yet the time has come to talk about far north no one will find us here she always told me if i ever saw anyone on the tundra and fall for him. He will vanish into the mist the way he came. I like him. When I was born, 
the shaman looked at my face and had a vision. He said that I was cursed. enough to get close to me. So Far North stars Michelle Yeoh as Saiva, a woman who is living in Siberia who has been cast out from her tribe who believes that she has been cursed since birth. Uh, she lives with one other woman, Anya, a younger girl played by Michelle Kruziak, who has appeared in several films and TV shows and who I know best from one episode of Community. Oh, really? Which one? It's an episode where it's in season two. Jeff and Pierce are both going after the same girl, and it's played by her. Yes. Yep. Uh, and it turns out that she is like actually a rival moist towelette company who <laughs> is trying to get in on Hawthorne Wipes, right? That's, yeah. that's what it was. Uh, yeah, that. That, that's her. That's uh, She's the one. <laughs> There it is. Uh, so one day, Michelle Yeoh discovers a man close to death on the ice who she nurses back to health. That man is named Loki, and he's played by Sean Bean. And it's not a Yo reunion, but they were in back-to-back James Bond movies in the 90s. That's right. So cl- there's that. Cl- close cousins, you know. Yeah, exactly. Bean, of course, was the bad guy in Goldeneye, and Michelle Yeoh was in Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, the film was directed by Asif Kapadia, who also co-wrote the movie a year after his previous film, The Return, a horror movie starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. And three years before his next film, which was the documentary Senna, uh, most recently he directed a documentary called Diego Maradona in 2019. The film... Ha- <laughs> What were you going to say, Mike? Uh, I'm just laughing at the memory of Senna being on your Netflix to watch list for the last 15 years. <laughs> we should mention that, actually. Yes. Uh, so when I first got Netflix, uh, like back then it was Netflix watch instantly because it was like, a you know, the new like streaming service thing. Yeah. Right. The documentary Senna had been on a lot of like top 10 lists in 2010 or 2009, whatever year it was. It's a rate like a Formula One race car documentary, which is not a subject that like I know a lot about. I probably wouldn't go out of my way to watch, but I'm like, oh, well, critics are, you know, really saying this is a great documentary, so I'll watch it at some point. So I put it on my Netflix queue and it existed there until it left Netflix. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was there for a very long time. I don't know if it's still on Netflix or not anymore. If it if it returns to Netflix, it will still be in my Netflix queue because I never took it out. <laughs> I'm glad. I feel like that's one of the ones that's been on Netflix, like, like you said, since launch. So that's exciting. Yes. Um, so there it is. Uh, this film never really had much of a release in the US. Uh, it screened at a few film festivals, but never hit theaters. Eventually got a DVD release on September 23rd, 2008. Uh, and opening at number one that weekend was the Shia LaBeouf thriller Eagle Eye. Uh, wow. Which I saw in theaters and remember nothing about. <laughs> I remember kind of liking it, but I don't really remember anything about it. That's kind of it. I, I remember it very much feeling like, okay, this is Shia LaBeouf's uh, Enemy of the State, right? That's sort of yeah. the, the thing. It was like that paranoia, <laughs> security camera, thriller, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I remember nothing about this movie. I think it's directed by DJ Caruso, who also directed Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf. Remember Disturbia? Yeah, that that one was a huge hit. Actually, I do remember Disturbia, which yeah. was basically just, you know, this was Enemy of the State. Disturbia was just Rear Window. There was a period of time where we were just putting Shia LaBeouf in, like, loose remakes of older movies and calling them something else. Yeah, <laughs> good for him. You know, catch that yeah, check. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Eagle Eye came out this weekend. Uh, also opening that weekend were Knights in Rodanth with Richard Gere and Diane Lane. Fireproof with Kirk Cameron and Spike Lee's Miracle at St. Anna. Uh, also in the top 10 were Lakeview Terrace, Burn After Reading, Igor, My Best Friend's Girl, Righteous Kill, and The Family That Prays. Wow. That's a peak, like, 
red box lineup right there. <laughs> that's that's very much like a you know summer is over and Oscar season has not started yet. Uh, and, yep. and these are the movies that we've got. I think the most notable one here. I mean, Burn After Reading is here, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but Righteous Kills. You remember that movie? That was a. Uh, it was Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. I do. And yeah. It was like billed as like, oh my god, they're back together for the first time since Heat's. Like, oh my god, and it was just this like really lame bad crime movie that came out classic uh there you go righteous kill and a lot of other movies came out this weekend uh the imd plot synopsis for far north reads a soldier's unexpected arrival affects two women's simple existence so mike going into far north uh and you just watched this for the first time the other day uh i watched this uh, about a week ago, you know, because we were supposed to, <laughs> to yeah, talk about yeah. this movie last week. Uh, and even then you were like, I don't know if this is one that you're going to like remember that well in the in the week later. And uh, you're probably right. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I remember enough where I can kind of talk about it, but it has been like a little bit of time. Uh, so going into this, what did you expect from Far North and what were your overall thoughts on the movie? Going into it, I didn't really know anything about it. Um, you had told me that it's like a you know, people on the tundra and a guy kind of walks it off the ice and finds them or whatever they find him. Uh, and then it's just about that kind of drama. I wasn't really sure what to expect other. So hearing your intro and, and finding out the director goes into documentary filmmaking or was, is a documentary filmmaker also. Yeah. It, uh, it seems like just looking at his filmography, like, uh, he basically just went on to mostly just do documentaries like shortly after this. Yeah. Uh, um, he also did Senna. He did Amy as well. The Amy Winehouse documentary. Right. Remember that? Um, dude, that anyway. was also a big documentary that uh, I never got around to seeing. The same. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the beginning of this movie, and mo- I mean, most of the movie in general, but de- especially the first 20 minutes or so really has a documentary feel to it. Uh, yeah. And when I was watching those first 20 minutes, I was like, this, this is kind of incredible. It's, there's no dialogue. It's just these two people surviving in the Arctic, hearing uh, gunfire in the distance and having to pack up camp. So nobody finds them and they just get on the river and they sail to a new spot. And it's this kind of survival against the elements type story. And I was like, holy shit, I'm really into this. This is incredible. I hope there's no dialogue in this movie. Like, um, what's that Robert Redford movie where he only says, like, fuck once? Uh, <laughs> is that All is Lost? Do you think about that one? I think so, yeah. Just one of those kind of movies, which I don't know if that's good at all either. But anyway. Um, I, I was never re- saw All is Lost and wanted to, and for some reason never did. Uh, but of course, Willy's Wonderland, also an example of a film with no dialogue. Or yeah, I well, guess there is dialogue, but Cage doesn't talk in it. Yeah, the protagonist doesn't talk, but there's a lot of talking in that movie. Um, yeah. So that, but then Sean Bean shows up, and, uh, you know, obviously that throws off the whole rhythm. There are these two women that have been doing this forever. You, you get the feeling there's a couple flashbacks early on with the like uh shaman lady and all that stuff and then it just kind of like grinds to a halt and it's this story now and i was like fuck man throw this guy in the ocean i want to go back to the other two like <laughs> i want to be the story of, of these two women you know and then it kind of just goes on for another you know whatever hour and 10 minutes or whatever it is to the 90 minute mark and then the story ends uh and it ends in an insane way which we'll talk about yep but that was absolutely one of those moments where you're just like, hmm. And you like sit forward in your chair, and like steeple your fingers. I've been just absentmindedly eating sour gummy worms for the last <laughs> hour and 10 minutes. And now something interesting is happening. Um, <laughs> so that was exciting. Um, but yeah, overall, just like kind of, it falls flat. In it, and if it had stuck to, stuck with just these two women isolated, if it had gotten longer, like if it was an hour in before Sean Bean uh, shows up and you really get to like understand the, the rhythm and the, uh, the lifestyle that these two people have and like really f- like fall into that. And yeah. instead of it only being 20 minutes where you kind of get an idea about it, uh, maybe it would have been more impactful when he shows up. Yeah. Far North. It's all right. You know, I'll probably never think about it again. <laughs> 
I, I, yeah, I think this movie is okay. It's a solid enough survival drama. And I think the most compelling stuff is, like you're saying, just watching Michelle Yeoh and Michelle Kruziak uh, exist in this snowy tundra. You know, it's a, it's a very harsh environment and uh, to see them uh, surviving in it is really interesting. And I think Michelle Yeoh is giving a very solid performance. Uh, and yeah, I think whatever it's kind of telling a larger story, I mean, you get occasional flashbacks to Michelle Yeoh's past. Uh, it kind of grinds to a halt, I think. I mean, anytime it does anything like that, and then yeah, once Sean Bean shows up, it's like, okay, now the movie is about this guy who has like really upended things for these two. And uh, there's like a sort of love triangle that's sort of happening um, between the three. <laughs> as much as the last five minutes of this movie wants you to think that. Yeah. <laughs> there's a regular love story going on until there's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's a, there's a moment early on where like, it, se- it seems like it kind of could go either way with like which, which of the two women there that he's going to sleep with. Yeah. Uh, and you know, neither one has like felt the touch of a man in like in many, many years or their entire life uh, for Anya's case. Right. It's, it's a whole new experience for them. Uh, and so early on you see like, there's a moment where like, I think he like holds Michelle Yeoh's hand or he like taps her on the leg or something. And you see yeah. Michelle, Michelle Kruziak, uh, just be like, like you get grumpy about it or something. It's like absolutely cock blocks them. Yeah. hundred percent. And and then, you know, it kind of pivots and he it develops a relationship with Anya and then Michelle Yeoh gets jealous about it. And that's, you know, that leads to the end of the movie, which is wild. Um, but I think for the most part, it's an okay enough time where I was kind of checking my watch throughout the entire thing. But then that last five minutes, it's pretty wild. Like it, it did, it did bump up the movie like a half star for me, uh, just in terms of its sheer, like bug nuts energy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It comes out of nowhere. And, you know, the movie is, it's kind of like graphic, quote unquote, in the way that like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is graphic, you know, where there's a lot of like quick cuts, cutaways right at the last second. Right. So you don't actually see what's going on, but like you hear it and you, you feel it and you know all the stuff like with the meat hook thing in Texas Chainsaw. I guess the co- content warning and lots of animals die because they're hunting <laughs> um, in this movie. So like it's kind of, it's kind of uh, pre, you know, Whatever, I can't think of the pre foreshadowing. There we go. Foreshadowing yeah. a little bit of that stuff, but like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and again, we'll get to that. There's yeah. a lot of, some wild stuff that happens there. Uh, what did you think of Michelle Yeoh in this movie, Mike? I think she's really good in this movie. Um, you know, for as much as there's not much to do, per se, uh, it's really just these two and then three people on the tundra doing their thing, you know, on in the Arctic. That really gives Michelle Yeoh, I think we talked a lot about this uh, on Moonlight Express where there's like a, she's so interior with all of her performances where it's just like the subtle little thing in that movie where it's like, oh, we named this horse like our son. You know, it's just like, ooh, this little hint of a, of a juicy backstory. And there's so much of that in her performance in this movie because it's just the two of them. They've been together all of Anya's entire life. What do they have left to say to each other, you know, like at this right. point uh, until Sean Bean shows up and then it's all kind of chaos a little bit. So, yeah, I think she's given a really great performance in this. Yeah, no, I, I think she is very good in this movie. And I think, uh, yeah, you're right. It's it's so much of it is just like her being like a hardened woman living out in the elements. Yeah. Uh, and I think she sells that very well. And I think, uh, you know, this being an English language movie, this is probably her biggest showcase that she's had uh, in, in English, at least. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, obviously it's not the biggest movie, obviously. And this is a movie that uh, was very much not 
widely seen. Uh, but in terms of like the size of the role, she is the lead of this movie compared to like Tomorrow Never Dies, where she shows up halfway through a major supporting character, right? But not not the lead. And yeah, uh, you have her two uh, her two mythical films uh, movies, right? The Touch and uh, the other one, Silverhawk, yep. uh, where also you know she's speaking English in that movie. But I I think this is a, be- a better performance than she gives in either of those ones. Uh, and Sunshine big ensemble you know she's like you know eighth build in the cast or whatever like yeah, she, you know not even on the poster uh yeah exactly so I, I think this one uh kind of gives her a lot more to work with in terms of like actually kind of developing a character and giving a strong performance and even the the stuff that's like maybe a little bit weaker uh the flashback sequences like there is a um i think like a big difference in her performance of like the young bushy-tailed like kind of has some hope performance in the flashbacks until like the event happens uh and then just her emotions are gone and she's just like a ruthless survival machine you know right uh in the present day stuff so yeah i think just all around she's real good michelle yeah absolutely and uh, how do you think this fits into the yo roles that we've seen so far mike i think it's it's sort of like sort of like um corazon from sunshine in the like these are people that do their thing perfectly because they need to to survive like that kind of elder statesman that kind of like a figure of authority type performance that I think she'll go into a lot more uh, in the future. And yeah, I don't know. And and like you said, the kind of English showcases like The Touch and Silverhawk and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's kind of really it. And I guess Willie's Wonderland to throw it all the way back to uh, the cage season. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking through the filmography right now because I actually didn't write any down and I, I usually... I'm much more prepared than you are. I feel terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was all off the top of my head. There you go. Uh, I, you know, I might say the stunt woman. I think also as you know, mm. a, a lead performance, and uh, you know, showing somebody who has, you know, obviously it's a very different kind of work that this person is doing, but uh, somebody who's kind of hardened by the stuff that she has to do in her life. Uh, I think the stunt woman would probably be a good example of that. Yeah, and also that's, that movie's not in English, so never mind. No, it's not. No. I just remember it in English because it's she's so good in it. Right. <laughs> also, maybe we watched it dubbed. Who can remember that? Far back? <laughs> that's a good point. Actually, I don't know. Ah, uh, but all right. So yeah, that's that's pretty much. It. Yeah, we're gonna keep this episode kind of short, I think, because a short movie. It's a lot of them mostly just existing in the wilderness, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of like uh, story stuff. And also Mike is sick. So we're going to try to keep this episode relatively short. <laughs> bless. Bless you all. Uh, so we're going to run the movie down scene by scene or as much as we can here. And it opens with this uh, voiceover from Michelle Yeoh uh, where she kind of describes how uh, how she was born and how, uh, you know, the shaman described her as uh, being cursed like right at the womb. She's just like, ah, oh, that's an outcast. Get rid of her. Yep. <laughs> Get this baby out of here. She'll bring doom to everyone around her or something. Yes, uh, which which I guess becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy for Michelle yeah. Yeoh's character, right? Because she she knows that legend. She fully believes in that legend because of all the bad things that have happened in her life. And then she goes and causes more bad things as the movie goes on. And it's like, oh, well, it's not my fault. I'm cursed. You know, right. It's the prophecy you see. <laughs> Uh, and so you have this voiceover and you see her as she describes being forced out by her elders uh, because she's a harm to everyone. And we just see her and Anya uh, existing for a while. Uh, we see Michelle Yeoh uh, kill this dog for its fur. 
yeah. uh, which is very sad, very upsetting. <laughs> Devastating, yeah. But And they have, like, several dogs with them, so it's like, you know, it's it's a thing they have to do every once in a while just for survival. Uh, and so they do that. We see them eating. We see Anya crying. And I think Michelle Yeoh says, we have to go. And they have to kind of, like, relocate from where they are right now. Yeah, and there's, like, I don't really know exactly what it is, but there's, like, like explosions and, like, gunfire, like... Like the Banshees of Inishir and just has like the war in the background. Right. It's like a moment like that where there's just like this big wide shot of like fire and, and cannons sound and then it's just them on the river. So it's like, I don't know what they're fleeing or why, like what what's going on? I don't know. Yeah. And I think it is based in some kind of historical event because this movie does not take place in the present day. I don't really know when because there's like a, a moment where they pass like I think it's com- coming up like right now actually where they pass like a prison camp on the riverside and you see them and it looks like it's you know the gulag in the, the 30s or 20s or whatever but then they like cut to a radar station and you're just like well when the fuck is this now? Uh, <laughs> so mid mid century sometime I don't really Sometime know. in the 1900s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there it is. Yeah. So they're, they're going to a new spot and, uh, they're, they reach a town. They're kind of hiding from the people in the town. Right. And they kind of find this new spot and they're hoping that no one will find them. They go out, out onto the, the shelf or whatever the fuck they are. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And so at this point you get a flashback, uh, and right. you see kind of a flashback where, uh, this guy, uh, shows up and uh, offers Michelle Yeoh some food and they're kind of getting cozy together. You see this one guy who's not happy about the situation. Yeah, they're like on some kind of reindeer hunt, and he's like, you should come along. Here, here's food, you know. She's been an outcast her whole life, so here's right. a guy showing kindness, and that changes everything. Yeah, but then the one guy in the tribe is like, hmm, I don't know about this. She's an outcast. She's cursed. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so that that's kind of a thread that you're going to follow through the flashbacks. Uh, at this point in the present day, Michelle Yeoh finds Sean Bean. Uh, and so she's just out hunting, doing her thing, uh, and she sees this body just laying out there on the ice, uh, yeah. She goes to see it and it's Sean Bean and she can tell that he's still like barely alive. And so uh, she takes him and brings him back to the cave to save him. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, too, because she like runs his pockets and like steals all the shit out of off his pack and everything. Right. Uh, and turns to walk away. And then he like carry like hand jump scare, like reaches out and grabs her. So like she was going to leave him for dead or at least not check. Uh, right. But once he shows that he's alive, she like sighs and like, huh. <laughs> like takes. So I think it was like a really interesting character moment that she was like willing to potentially let this dude die until he like showed his humanity or whatever. I don't know. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, she takes him back. Anya finds uh, Michelle Yeoh and Sean Bean. He wakes up, introduces himself. His name is Loki. Sure. That won't pretend anything. <laughs> yeah. Seems, uh, seems non ominous uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, much like the, uh, the ship and sunshine being named Icarus too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she finds so Loki wakes up. Uh, Anya has a gun pointed at him, right? Because they don't trust him. He's like a stranger, you know, right, everything like that. Michelle Yeoh saying how she raised Anya not to help people, or Anya mm. says that, right? She's like, "You raised me not to help people, and now you're helping this guy. What the hell?" And so, yeah, they're dealing with that. Uh, there's a boat. Oh yeah, they go out on a boat. Loki and that Loki takes Michelle Yeoh's hand to kind of like steer the boat. That's the moment that I mentioned before where uh, Anya sees that and it's like, "Harumph!" Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they have a boat with a motor on it, and they can't. They don't know how to fix it. Uh, right. Then, so they're rowing, and Loki like takes his gloves off, and it's like, humph, 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 and does whatever Russian man stuff to get the <laughs> motor to work. I am a man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they have a tender moment, and Anya's mad about it. Yeah, she's mad. She's mad, and uh, I'm not sure if Anya like starts scheming to make Loki hers at this moment. Um, mm. But they, uh, I, I think their their relationship kind of develops organically. I think it's really the scene. I think it's later, a little bit later on, or coming up, or whatever. They're back in the hut. 
and uh, Loki and Michelle Yeoh are like kind of talking and, and like bonding a little bit, and he's like starting. They're starting to lean in to kiss each other. Yeah, and um, Anya comes back and is just like, "Oh hey!" And like whoosh, throws her pack down right in between them, and like <laughs> just fully gets in the way and doesn't leave. You know, right? Which it's very funny that they that Sean Bean and Michelle Yeoh would have stopped because later in the movie, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a scene where. Uh, um, Anya and Sean Bean are having sex. They're just full-on naked having sex right next to Michelle Yeoh. Like, she's just trying to sleep. <laughs> with Michelle Yeoh, yeah. It's like something out of Animal House or some shit. Like, yeah, it's it's really weird. But yeah, so so yeah, they're hunting, they're eating. Uh, Sean Bean gets the radio to work. Right. So there's that. He's like kind of their handyman around. Uh, describes that uh, he was a soldier. He was sent to clear the tundra. Uh, and then we see him hunting some more. Someone finds him. Uh, and then... So yeah, someone finds Sean Bean, and then Sean Bean attacks and kills the guys that uh, uh, found him. Yeah, because there's like something about, and you know, I don't know the like symbolism, whatever, of of like a reindeer to them, because they ask Sean Bean like, "Can you help us get a reindeer?" That's yeah. like what they're always trying to hunt, and they always like fail and end up with a seal or whatever. So he finally has like a reindeer in his sights, uh, and then. Somebody walks up behind him and is like, cocks their gun. And it looks like more military dudes, and he just John Wicks them, basically. <laughs> He's like, watch out, and gets the gun away from them and, and exactly. shoots them both. And uh, then uh, takes their stuff and is like, look what I found on the shore. Like, you know, just try to play it off. Yes, yeah, and I don't think he ever, he, he never tells them about the guys that he just killed, right? No, and I can't imagine, like, it's the tundra. They're going to just freeze. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, those, those bodies are buried, right? <laughs> like, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, Yo, um, uh, there's there's a moment. So he, he kills those guys. He comes back with the reindeer. Uh, there's a moment where Yo is about to reveal her secret and uh, yes. is then cut off, which I guess the secret being that she's been cursed, right? Yeah. Anya runs out of the tent and interrupts them, I think, or something. Like he's about to, she's about to tell Sean Bean that I'm cursed. And then uh, we have another flashback. Yes, we have another flashback again, uh, and we see Michelle Yeoh and Ivor, uh, who is the guy who's being nice to her. Yeah. Uh, and we see that he has been captured. That was uh, intense. This, yeah. This whole scene was very intense. Pretty intense. Uh, so Ivor is captured. We see this guy slice his throat uh, while Michelle Yeoh watches, and then she tries to sneak away, but they see her. Uh, the man the man who attacked Ivor uh, also rapes Michelle Yeoh's character and then leaves. Yeah. Great. Thanks, movie, I guess. <laughs> like, just... Like, sure. Yeah. Um, we are, we get it. It's bad. She uh like takes note of the dog tags or something, right? He's got like these kind of like wolf right. dog tags or something. And I don't remember if she finds them later. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think there's a moment later where she kills the guy who did rape her. Yeah, before, she like right? intentionally leads them off a cliff because they're all tied together. Yeah. Or like into a crevice or something on the glacier. And I don't remember how that happens. I think he just uh, he like asks her like I'll kill you if you don't guide us to wherever we're going. Right. And she's just like LOL. <laughs> Um, and oh, but she finds she finds Anya as a baby, like because yes. the whole village is killed, right? Yeah, the whole the whole village is killed, but she finds the baby, and it, that is Anya. Uh, yeah, she's leading this group to the mainland. Uh, and they say we'll let you both live if uh, you know we do that. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're all tied together. Michelle Yeoh just gives them a good yank, uh, yeah. and they they all fall over the cliff onto the ice. And then she pushes the guy who raped her and takes his dog tags. Yeah. Yeah, he's like holding onto an ice pick and she just like kicks it. <laughs> and yeah. He just goes flying. Pretty cool. Pretty rad. Um, 
And then we're back in the present times. Right. And that's that kind of gives you, like, that's how Yo and Anya got together, and they've been together just kind of surviving in the wilderness alone ever since. Right. Uh, and then we see uh, Sean Bean and Anya. They're kind of uh, bonding together, and they're skating, and, uh, you know, just just chilling, doing their thing. They're hunting together. Uh, there's a moment where she's like, oh, you don't have, like, a family? And he's like, uh, no family, no wife. Yet. She's like, <laughs> and he puts oh, on sunglasses. You're so bad. Like... <laughs> I think I think it's really interesting, like how you know it's maybe sort of subtle the movie is up until the last five minutes because there's this whole flashback, right? And then uh, Michelle Yeoh comes to back in the present, and it's Anya like running over to her, like where like you've been outside this whole time, where you been, you know? Yeah. And Michelle Yeoh notices that like her jacket is buttoned in a weird like she missed a button, so like yeah. clearly her shirt or whatever was off, uh, and it's just like mm, interesting. I like that, and then. We're just boning in the bed next to Michelle Yeoh, <laughs> like like there's the reckless abandon of the last fifteen minutes. It's yeah. like so out of nowhere. It escalates so fast. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, Sean Bean and Anya. Um, at, at this point, they have sex. Uh, like once Michelle Yeoh leaves. Yeah. Uh, like right. Michelle Yeoh leaves the the you know the cave or whatever, and they have sex. Uh, and Sean Bean is like kind of deciding, like, oh, may- maybe I should head home. Maybe she should come with me. Right. Yeah. Take take her with you, man. You don't have yeah. a wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. And so, uh, they, they have like kind of consummated their relationship and, uh, Anya tells Michelle Yeoh that she is leaving with Sean Bean. Yeah. And she's like, you fucking child, you idiot. Yeah. You don't know anything about him. Uh, and that is the thing. And that's the thing. I mean, you see that flashback and they've been together since she was a baby. Michelle Yeoh raised her and yeah, they've just been stuck together in this, in this Arctic tundra. Um, and I think Anya is at this point now where she is an adult and she wants to, you know, move like, you know, leave her mother behind and move on to, you know, a new life. Right. Right. And Anya is not cursed. Right. Uh, Saiva is cursed. Uh, so like Anya can leave. <laughs> She's yeah. like, get me the fuck out of here. Right. And so, uh, Michelle Yeoh is, uh, completely betrayed by this. Uh, she's yes. very upset. Uh, and so now, yeah, here's the scene where, uh, Anya and Sean Bean are just having sex full on while Michelle Yeoh is right next to them in the bed. Yeah. Uh, again, wild. <laughs> crazy (laughs) and and i do i do it kind of does make sense with not make sense but doing the having this this escalation of their relationship their brazenness all that stuff like for where the movie goes it may like it kind of tracks a little bit why michelle yo would snap as hard as she does oh Uh, yeah yeah absolutely and and especially i mean for anya's character too just having been alone this entire time yeah uh, like the first man that comes by and shows an interest in her she uh just jumps at it you know yeah, exactly. And then I think it's like we're kind of just speed run to the end, right? Like it's at this, this point, yeah, we're we're in like the last like twenty minutes of the movie right now. <laughs> yeah, because uh, if if we skipped over anything in the movie, it was probably them wandering through the snow for a while, right? right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like there's just a lot of scenes of that, uh, and so yeah, so there's this scene where uh, they're having sex while Yo's in the bed. Uh, they need to take one of the dogs, and uh, you know, it's Michelle Yo and Anya are alone together, and Anya is like, oh, you know, maybe you can come with us, like you know, all that kind of stuff, and then Michelle. Yo just kills Anya, just snaps yeah. and kills her. She's like, let me let me brush your hair and starts to put a braid in it. And Anya's like, no, I don't need that. And she's like, Witch, and like snaps her down into the chair. Yep. Uh, and then chokes her to death with her own braid. Yes. Uh <laughs> chokes her to death with her braid. Uh while Sean Bean, he's like out picking flowers or something. He's yeah. like, he's just like find he finds a flower and is like bringing it back for Anya. Uh and Michelle. Doing some wife guy shit. Yeah. And then Michelle Yeoh skins and wears Anya's face. <laughs> so I forgot 
that I mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning of this <laughs> In apt comparison. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. She just full on leather faces her. She cuts her face off and yep. even holds it up like in this like, oh, and you see the eyes and then, uh, yeah, where is it? Where's yeah, her she, face? She skins Anya's face off and wears it. Uh, and uh, again, this this came out of nowhere. Like, this is not the kind of movie that would have this ending. <laughs> right. It's been mostly a realistic depiction of people surviving in the Arctic till now. Right. Uh, and now she skinned her daughter's face. <laughs> and is wearing it. And is wearing it. Uh, and then, when, so she puts it on her own face, disguises herself as Anya. And then Sean Bean comes in and he's like, oh, hey, Anya. Because he like sees Anya's face on Michelle. <laughs> yeah. And she's like behind a um, like veiled netting curtain thing where the bed is. So it's not like a, a perfectly clear picture. Right. So he's seen like kind of just a vague like, yeah, it looks like Anya. It's right. Anya, that's, her, yeah. that's her face. And so he's going in there and uh, he, you know, starts to. uh make out with her and they actually start having sex uh sean yeah, bean and michelle yo stopped believing that he wouldn't notice <laughs> like almost immediately as yeah. soon as he got in the bed <laughs> why is your face cold right uh and so they're they're having sex uh until eventually i think he kisses her and like hey your face is coming up that's weird yeah um, <laughs> and it's really graphic when he's like trying to rip her face off it's yeah. disgusting it's it's really gross and so he discovers it he discovers that it's her skinned face on that Michelle Yeoh is wearing. Uh, and Michelle Yeoh is like, oh, what do you want from me? I'm Anya. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think she says I love you to him. And obviously it's not Anya's voice. And that's right. the thing that makes him be like, huh? Like the, the guy in Jaws. Oh, what? What? Um, uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so Sean Bean is like completely like thrown off and like traumatized and, uh, runs out into the snow completely naked and just starts running and presumably dies. Like, I feel like there's no way he survives out there that long. (laughs) No, him just yelling no over and over again with the close up of Michelle Yeoh's eyes under the face of her daughter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Horrific. Insane. Uh, and then, yeah, he runs off screaming no into the to the wastes yeah so so this is not a movie where you technically see sean bean die on screen uh an actor who is very famous for dying on screen uh but his character is very heavily implied to die yeah due to the implication he dies yeah, he dies <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way he survives that right he's just <laughs> running around in the snow completely naked like it's yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be bad and so yeah he's gone he leaves uh we see michelle yo is left crying and that's the end of the movie uh, that's cut, how the movie ends cut to credits baby what a psycho movie <laughs> If if I think I think if like I said if the Sean Bean character didn't show up till twenty minutes later and you really got to live in this world with Sayiva and Anya like just existing for that long and you sure. like, really understood what they're doing and going through and then he shows up and is like I'll take you away you're kind of like yeah I get it <laughs> I'd skin yeah. that guy's face too like <laughs> yeah the thing is if the movie just ended with like her killing Anya and then her killing Sean Bean or whatever like yeah. that would be like more tonally in line with what this movie is the fact that the movie ends with her killing Anya and then skinning and wearing her face and having yeah. sex with Sean Bean <laughs> insane uh, just absolutely it's a nuts ending it's truly bananas from the director of Senna from the director of Senna, the movie that has been in my Netflix queue for 15 years. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd be interested to see some of his other movies or some of his documentaries and just see, because like I said, that first half is really very documentary-esque. Um, yeah. I wonder if any of that comes through. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that is Far North. It's, it's an okay time. It's all right, uh, but the ending is truly bananas and I think worth watching just for that. You know, I, I think the rest of it's like okay and the ending is just like, 
I'm not even sure if anything like works, but it's so insane that I have to like respect it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yes. You just imagine them like storyboarding. Yeah, okay. It's like pretty normal. Okay, yeah. we're at minute 90. She cuts her face off and wears it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like everything okay? Asif Kapadia? Is, <laughs> yeah. is everything all right okay, at home? <laughs> uh, but all right. So let's get into some letterbox reviews for Far North here. Mike, got a few. Yes. Uh, here's a three and a half star review from Cola. That's what happens if you choose another woman when Michelle Yeoh is literally right there. <laughs> <laughs> this is what she was going to do to the guy playing the music at the Golden Globes. <laughs> Anytime Michelle Yeoh makes a threat, we know that she can skin somebody's face. <laughs> exactly, correct. Uh, here's a two and a half star review from Dantastic Mr. Fox. Woof, this is rough. Great performances, though. It's nice to see a director really understand just how effective Michelle Yeoh is with her face. Ang Lee knew this in Crouching Tiger, too. She can do so much with just simple facial expressions. This movie also might feature the absolute worst gun-firing effect I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> that does have a really bad gunshot effect. It's just try- Sean Bean very clearly going like, whoa, like with his arms like and just no <laughs> muzzle flash. And just Pew! Like, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. There it is. Uh, here's a three-and-a-half-star review from Danny Aston. Has a real feel of docile, quiet peace, only occasionally ripped from under you with bursts of cruel, sometimes unusual violence. The icy exterior of the Arctic plain is made manifest in the cold, seemingly unknowable characters. Michelle Yeoh, at first a quiet beacon of distilled resilience before something takes its toll. No one can be that long, alone, and unloved. It's the curse, you understand. Yeah, there it is. It's all It's all the curse. That damn shaman. <laughs> Son of a bitch. We don't even know that, like, you know, the shaman was just like, oh, this baby's cursed. We don't know why that baby was cursed. She just is. Yeah, you get it. Shaman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a one-star review from Ibze. I suppose the biggest headache that the film presents to me on my journey through the entire filmography of Sean Bean. So I guess this person is doing a complete works of Sean Bean or whatever. <laughs> That's a lot of movies. That is a lot of movies. And more pertinently, the log keeping of whether he lives or dies in the film is the somewhat ambiguous nature of his fate here. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't actually die on screen, though the final shot we see of him is a distant view of him running buck naked through the snowy Arctic tundra. So he's definitely not lasting long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he dies. That's pretty definitive. I think. He's, he's got to die. I mean, uh, he either dies or goes back. <laughs> right. And I don't think he's going to do that unless he decides, you know what? You know, eh, Michelle Yeoh's still there. I don't know. <laughs> he finds another camp. <laughs> Farther North Country. That would be north. quite a great twist if there was a Far North too. That was Sean Bean stumbling upon like another couple of survival. Yeah, but it's like Danny McBride and Michael Sarah. Trying <laughs> 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 to think of comedies from the era of 2008. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like a pretty good movie. Actually, this sounds pretty good. I'm in. Uh, okay, final review. Here is a uh, one with no rating from By Bell. I was 12 when I walked into my mom watching this, specifically the finale. <laughs> <laughs> And it has never left me, never left me, never left me, never left me, never left me. Wow. <laughs> Which, yeah, that would be a tough one to explain to people, I think, uh, to a child. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's wild. Yes, uh, 100%. Also, like, just wild that your mom was watching Far North, like, of all movies. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's crazy that someone else saw this and accidentally their kid walked in. <laughs> uh, but there it is. That's Far North uh, from 2007, directed by Asif Kapadia. Uh, we think it's okay, but a crazy yeah. ending. Yeah, crazy ending that gives it that little half star, one star bump yeah. up to like 
Well, maybe this is kind of good. It's um, <laughs> but still pretty, pretty just fine. You know? Yeah, it's it's an okay enough time. But Michelle Yeoh, also very good in it. So there is that. Uh, but yeah, and that's going to uh, bring us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, maybe it would have been a little bit longer. But honestly, there's not too much with this movie to really talk about. And also Mike is sick. So we got to... <laughs> <laughs> Gotta wrap this it. up. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Mike D, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. Uh, and if you want merch, we got merch for you too, baby. Oh yeah. Get on uh, get on our red bubble. That's Mike and Mike Pods.redbubble.com. Yes, and you can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterbox and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to Complete It Works. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Decretio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Complete Works Pod. That's W-R-K-S, no O in the word works. You can find the rest of our podcast in Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, but all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme theme song was created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own podcast themes at kylespodcastthemes at gmail.com. And our logo was designed by Mac V or at Fearless Guard on Twitter. Join us in the next week in the Complete Works as Michelle Yeoh reunites with her Tomorrow Never Dies director, Roger Spottiswood. Oh, interesting. Yes. Uh, the Children of Huang Shi is the movie that we're talking about next week. Can't wait. Also, let's plug uh, No More Late Fees. Go check us out yes. on, uh, I guess, last week's episode of No More Late Fees due to podcast time travel. Yeah, um, the, the most recent episode of No More Late Fees, I think, as of this. Like, this will be out on Monday, and I think right. we put it there is out on Tuesdays. So, uh, yeah, we were on No More Late Fees recently, uh, the podcast hosted by Danielle and Jackie, uh, our Rapture Press brethren, uh, to talk about 2003's Daredevil with Ben Affleck. Yeah, turns out the director's cut's pretty good. Mike, Mike D is a big fan of the director's cut. I, I didn't watch the director's cut. I watched the article, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, go check out the episode either way. Yes, it's a very fun time, so uh, check that out. And remember to check out our other podcast, uh, Mike Might Go to the Movies, for all kinds of other movie-related stuff, including recent releases, ranked lists, general discussions, and a lot more. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and thanks for taking it, yo. Yeah.